So you know how you read a verse and it's like it came out of nowhere and you've never seen that verse before and you're trying to go, wow, that's a cool verse. There was a verse about six months ago out of the longest chapter, out of the longest book of the Bible, the book of Psalms, that just kind of stuck out at me. And it's Psalm 119 and it's verse 45. It says, I will walk in freedom. Say that with me. I will walk in freedom. Let's say it again. I will walk in freedom. I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. And about six months ago, I just began kind of rolling with that verse. And I thought, you know, freedom, that's really interesting. We live in a free land. We live in America. It's a great country. Got lots of different challenges. We need to keep praying for unity in our nation. But I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. And so I'm thankful for the freedom that we have as a country and as a nation. Then I began to think about this, and I thought, who do I know that's really walking around in freedom? Who's really free from things and free for things? Who's who's free from anxiety? Who's, Who's free to sleep eight hours a night? Who's free not to have conversations where they have to make themselves the bride at every conversation or the corpse at every conversation. Who, who's free not to have image management? Who, who, who's free with money? Who's free to work hard and, and give generously? Who's free from addictions and unnecessary things? And who's free to just love and forgive and honor? And I I began to think about my inner circle. I began to think about my family. Then I began to think about myself. And I thought, oh my gosh, how free really am I in different things? And so you begin to have kind of that gut check, and you realize that, yeah, I'm free here, but I'm really not free over here. Yeah, I'm free there, but I'm still struggling with this over here. And I realized that that verse is really kind of talking a little bit more about behavior modification, In the Old Testament, you didn't have the Holy Spirit that that stayed on you. The Holy Spirit visited you, but the Holy Spirit didn't inhabit you. And so I began to think, they they really had to work so hard at this. They had to keep the commandments and obey. and, And you realize that behavior modification, it can help you, but it really doesn't set you free. And we come then to the New Testament, and the New Testament talks about where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But the key there is where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let me ask you this morning, are you free? Did you sleep eight hours last night without medication? (laughs) Are, Are you free to be yourself? Are you free to love and honor? How how free are you today? And so I, I, I want to talk about freedom, and I want to start with a story. We have now three Haitian men on our staff, and this is a story about Haiti. And so one of the men, their father, was actually born in Haiti, raised in Haiti, pretty, pretty very educated, but pretty much a historian. And so I, I, I had him call his dad to make sure this story really is true. And he said, yeah, unfortunately, it's absolutely true. So Danielle Strickland writes this story, and she said, Haiti's the first black republic on the face of the earth. 700,000 Africans were taken and enslaved on this French colony in the 17th century. 
worked on plantations in the most profitable colony in the history until one person got an idea that would change the world. Someone in Haiti had the idea that those enslaved Africans, they were not born to be slaves. A revolution began, and it was bloody. The French masters were all rounded up, and you can only imagine what happened to their lives. Then there was freedom. Well, sort of. Gone were the plantations, but still the poverty. Gone were the shackles and the chains, but there was still a system of political corruption that kept people living in constant fear. Gone were the old masters, but still present was the fastest growing crime in Haiti. Now get this. Gone was all that, but now the fastest growing crime in Haiti. Child slavery. Former slaves had now become slavers themselves. And you go, how? How did emancipated slaves become slavers? And Danielle Strickland writes this. She says, this is what happens always. The same story is repeated over and over again. Slavery always returns. Oppression finds new forms and people get delivered from something to get entangled in something else. Liberation is not just external, but it's also internal. Are, are you free today? Or are you kind of knotted up? As you leave today and you start tomorrow, are you at peace? Are you free? might be a terrible situation, might be an unhealthy job, might be an unhealthy marriage. Are, are you free? You see, the scriptures say that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And what we are learning is it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with our geography. It doesn't even have a whole lot to do with the relationships that are around us. It doesn't even have a whole lot to do with my past and the story that is behind me, it has everything to do today with whether or not I'm where the Spirit of the Lord is. You see, you, you watch people, and you see there are, there are poor people who are absolutely free. And there are rich people who are absolutely entangled. And you find there are, there are very educated people who are jumping off the Skyway Bridge and they're very uneducated people who can be very happy and very self-sustaining. You see, it really isn't about how much stuff you have. It's really about how much stuff has you. And so what begins to happen then is this Spirit of God can set you free. Now let me just go a little deeper here. Do you drink too much? Do you rely on anxiety medicine too much or at all. Oh, I'm on the edge now. I know. I know. I've gone to meddling, some of you are thinking. Do you always have to talk about how good you are and how great you are? Or can you walk into a situation and go, Lord, use me. How do you want to use me? What's the, what's, what's the opportunity in front of me? Are, are you free with money or has money just got you just all wrapped around the neck? Are you free to give? Are, are, are you free from religion? 
do you, do you exercise too much? You go, preacher, I've never heard that before. <laughs> are, you, are you too religious? You can use religion and be all knotted up and all wrapped up. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so here we have a story in, in Exodus, now that I've offended everyone. Here we have a story in Exodus. And the story in Exodus, if you've got your phones, you've got your app, we'll go through the verses are in there. If you're brand new this morning, oh, we're so glad you're here. We started a new ser- series this morning and next week and a week after. So if you don't like this, wait about four weeks and everything will be happy. But for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about freedom and slavery. We're going to talk about your entrapment for the next, the next three weeks. But on your phone, you can download an app, and we'll get you right there, and all these verses are there. So here we have a story about Joseph. And what we realize is that those guys after Joseph were enslaved for like 400-some years. And we've all watched the movies, Prince of Egypt or something like that, and we get the picture that they were like beaten and chained all 400 years. They weren't. It was probably about the last 38 years or maybe the last 110 years. Historians are not exactly sure. But they weren't shackled and chained the entire time. So something happened between the time they were shepherds and now they all of a sudden they also joined the movement of Brick Lane. And what they did is they traded in their shepherd's staff for a brick trowel. And historians say this massive group of Israelites, how in the world did they allow themselves to become enslaved? It's quite fascinating because what they did is they were shepherds in Goshen, but they realized the money was in the brick building because Egypt's now going to start building and Egypt's now master builders. So they traded in their heritage, they traded in their identity for laying bricks. And somewhere along the way, The children of Israel intermingled with the children of Egypt, and they said, we don't have the rich life. We don't have the good life. They've got the good life. And after a period of years, I mean, think about this. What kind of slaves own their own houses? What kind of slaves own their own cattle? And what kind of slaves have their own representative to the king? And what kind of slaves are a threat to the world's greatest superpower? And so somehow, insidiously, they became entrapped, enslaved, just like you and just like me, if we're not careful. I mean, we can get rid of something and just add something else real quick, right? Have you done that before? All six of you are sinners. I think there's more sinners in the room than that, but anyway... um, we, we, we stop doing this, and then we, 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 we get a new habit, right? So has Jesus come to set you free only from your sins, or can Jesus set you free from your sins and from all these other things that entangle you? Here's the story in Exodus chapter 1. Joseph, his brothers, and all that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly. They increased in numbers. And they became so numerous that the land was filled with them. And the scriptures talk about how they had their own. I mean, you know they had their own cattle. They were huge farmers. Huge shepherds. 
Talked about the houses they had, the homes that they built. Then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power. This is now a couple of hundred years into this. They're in the land of Goshen. Look, he said to the people, the Israelites have become too numerous for us. They were 70 people. Now they're about 3 million. There are approximately 3 million people by this time in the story. We don't know if this is 300 years. We don't know if this is 350 years. But it's fascinating how this takes place. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies and they will fight against us and they will leave our country. And so over time, these free men and women became entrapped and became enslaved. Now what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that Jesus Christ has come to set you free. And the power of the Holy Spirit can deal with all your greed, all your lust, all your pain, all your problems, and you can be free not because you've got a great context, not because you have a great job, not because you have a great marriage. You can be free because the Spirit of Christ lives in you. That's the goal. The Spirit of the living Christ can now set you free. So we keep with the story. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this, load the animals, return to the land of Canaan, and bring your father and your families back to me. And I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land. That's how it starts. That's the land of Goshen. And then they go there, and they go all the way there, and about 400 amazing years take place. And somewhere in that timeline, they traded in their heritage, their jobs, their nationality as shepherds, and they became builders and brick builders. And if you're a builder, that's great. I'm not saying that's anything wrong with being a builder. Got, I'm looking at two or three builders in the room. Praise God, we need buildings. So I'm not, I'm not against builders. I'm just saying they sold out to who God had called them to be. Now, the next story is about two midwives. And the point of this is, no matter what's going on around you, you can be free. Now, I don't know if you are or not. I don't have a clue. But I do know you can be. So here are two midwives, and we know their names, and we don't even know the name of the most powerful man in the world. We don't even know Pharaoh's name, but we know their names. Shipra and Pua. Now, if you're pregnant and you're going to have a baby girl, it's a great name. Shipra or Pua. If you've got twins, name them both that, okay? It's probably not, if you Google the top ten names for girls today, it's probably not on that list. Say it with me. Shipra and Pua. You got it. Now you're prepared. And these midwives were told to kill the baby boys and get rid of them because the Israelites had become too dangerous. I find that fascinating. What kind of a people was the world's major superpower threatened by? Hmm. Here's the story. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were? Shipra and Pua. I'm telling you, they're top ten names. They're great, all right? We know their names. We don't know Pharaoh's name. When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and he asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered, The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. <laughs> you got to love that. 
That's an awesome explanation to what was taking place. I'm going to leave that alone right there before I get myself in any kind of trouble, okay? Here are two women that are in danger who are free. We're not going to do what the king told us to do. It's wrong. It's wrong. We're going to be free. So God blessed them. Look what he did. God was kind to the midwives. The people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. You've got to love that. Now here's an application to this. These women, their lives were threatened. Their jobs was life-threatening. And they're free. Is, is your job like this? And are you free? Do you have cancer? Can you be free with cancer? If you're going through a divorce, can you be free going through a divorce? I'm not saying you're not in pain. I'm not saying it's not bad. Can you be free? If you're going through a bankruptcy, you lose your job. If you're going through a challenging time, you lose a parent. Can you be free? You see, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is freedom. And so the ticket is living by the Spirit. The ticket is always finding out what God wants you to do. You might be in a terrible work situation because that's exactly where God wants you to be. He has an upgrade in store for you. Or he has you to be salt and light to, to somebody around you. You see, our challenge is not this. Our challenge is the abundance. We, we have so much. We're not really worried about lunch today. We got plenty of food. And if we don't have enough food, we just go, we just go to the store and get it. Or we'll go to the restaurant and eat out. Our problem is not this. Our problem is the abundance. And so you realize that, that wealth does not set you free. If wealth sets you free, all these actors and actresses and wealthy people wouldn't be jumping off the bridge. So, so you realize that. And so you go, okay, what, what's the answer? What's the answer? Well, before we get to that, let's talk about three myths. Myth number one. A lot of people believe I'm not happy because I'm in the wrong city. I'm not happy because I'm in the wrong church. I'm not happy because I'm in the wrong job. I'm not happy because I'm in the wrong house. Now, you may be. You may be in the wrong job. You may be in the wrong city. You may be in the wrong church. I hope not this one, but you may be. You may be. But the lie is, all I got to do is move. Now, the problem is, wherever you go, there you are. That's exactly right. Problem is, wherever you go, there you are. And so, you keep moving you keep changing addresses and zip codes, you keep, but, but you're still just as miserable this year as you were five years ago. So that, that doesn't work. That, that isn't the answer. The answer is not geography. Although there might be some geographical neat changes that are needed, but that's usually not the answer. Here's the second one. Second one is relationships. Well, if I'm not in the right place, I must be with the wrong people. So I, I need to change my relationships. And, and that lie kind of goes like this. If I just change the people I'm with, I will be happy. Now, that may be true. Occasionally, there are bad places and bad people that you need to get away from. Absolutely. 
But this, this one is more insidious, too, because this is like, well, I just got to keep changing people. I just got to keep changing people. And somehow people will meet my needs. Here's the third one. The third one is a little odd. The third one's like some type of messed up reverse psychology, this, this pool of self-pity. And so you keep telling your story of how you were wronged or how you were betrayed or how you were hurt or how you grew up so, so unfairly. And, and all you're doing is you keep everything behind you. All the conversation, all your vision, all your thoughts are, are back here. Just listen to somebody for five minutes. And in five minutes, you know how they think. It's either back here or it's that direction. Just listen. Now, there's nothing wrong with listening to somebody's childhood. I I love hearing those stories. I'm saying that's the same story you keep telling over and over again. And so the lie goes like this. If I can tell you how bad I had it and how miserable I am because of my situation, somehow you will feel better about me and you will like me and that will make me feel better. It's a little wacky, isn't it, how that goes? The truth of the matter is, God is not a God of your past. My sins have been forgiven. I'm cleansed. My guilt, my shame has all been dealt with at the cross. My sins were buried. Your sins were buried as far as the deepest sea. They are remembered no more. They are as far as the east is from the west. But I have a hope and a future, and you and I have work to do. We have kingdom impact to do. We have people, we have babies, we have family, we have friends, we have co-workers. We have work to do. And when you're entrapped, you can't be what God's called you to be. When you're entrapped, you're thinking about you. You're not thinking about Christ. When you're entrapped, you are so worried about you. It's a form of narcissism, really. Because everything centers around you. And you were designed to lay that down and let Christ now live through you. Christ in you, called the hope of glory. There's so much at stake. There's so much at stake in our nation. There's so much at stake in our community. That when you stay all knotted up, you can't be the woman, the man, the boy, the girl that God's called you to be. Now, the Spirit of the Lord is, now the Lord is a spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So if you're still knotted up 90% of the time, you've got to ask yourself, do I have the Spirit of the Lord living through me? So this, this freedom really only comes one direction. It only comes from the supernatural to the natural. Freedom never comes through your money, through your power, through your possessions. Freedom will never come with me having a bigger boat. Now, I'd like to try it, but it will never come that way, okay? If I double the size of my boat, I'll be happy. You've heard people say that, right? If I have, I'll be happy when, if I just make this much money, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. Everybody has that, but everybody's tried it. It doesn't really work. And so the, the liberation comes through Christ, I don't want a bigger boat. I'm just kidding. Okay, maybe not. All right, maybe not. I'll be honest with you. All right. But, but the point is, the point is, that doesn't set us free. Because we have all that. We have money. We have freedom. We have vacation. We, we, we are abundant. We have it all. 
But do we have the Spirit? And does the Spirit really live through us? Are you happy? Do you have joy? No, I got a crappy job. So? I didn't ask you about your job. You got two midwives. <laughs> They're going to be killed for delivering baby boys and letting them live. Are you happy? No, I don't like my house. I didn't ask you if you liked your house. Are, are you happy? No, I don't, I don't like my school. I didn't ask you if you liked your school. I asked if you were happy, if you had joy, if you had peace, if you have purpose. I'm not saying you don't need to change schools or change jobs. I wouldn't change spouses, but I'm just saying I wouldn't. I'm not. There, situations in life happen. But are you at peace? What's your purpose? What's God called you to be? And God called you to do? Do you know what's at stake? I get overwhelmed by this. But do you know what's at stake? Everything. Our nation, Clearwater, Safety Harbor, your community, your family, your job, your business. Do you know what's at stake? Well, how do we get there? It always comes through humility. It always comes by laying it down. I lay down my life and I give it to you. I lay down my will and I give it to you. It always comes through humility. And so the ultimate posture for freedom is always humility. Now, with humility comes grace. Grace is power. Now, with humility, all of a sudden we get grace. And grace is the the ability. It's power. And with power then comes the presence of God. See, when grace comes, you have power, power to advance, power to change, power to transform, power to stop doing this, power to start doing this. You have power with humility that comes through grace, and then you get the presence. It's all about the presence of God. When you got the presence of God in you, yeah, the job might not be good. Yeah, the situation might not be good. Yeah, I'm single. I don't want to be single. But, but all of a sudden, you now have the presence of God. And the power and the presence of God transforms everything he touches. That's the whole goal. Christ in you. He wants to live his life through you. It's quite amazing, really. Quite amazing. Then we get this power that comes from his presence. So, I will walk in freedom. All right? Does the New Testament support that? Remember in Romans chapter 7, there's this long list, and it says, everything I want to do, I don't do, and that which I don't want to do, I end up doing. And we read that list, and I've heard sermons on that, that just says, see, you can't help yourself. You're just under control. Your addictions, your habits, your new habits, your new addictions, you can't. The whole point about this is, that's under the law. Under the law, you couldn't have enough behavior modification. The New Testament is not behavior modification. The New Testament is the power of the Spirit living through you. 
And so when Paul says in Romans chapter 7, that which I want to do, I can't do. That which I don't want to do, I end up doing. That's the Old Testament. That's the law. This is the whole, that's the wind-up. This is the pitch to the whole story. But thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Where do you need to be delivered today? What do you keep doing that you keep making excuses that you can't overcome? Okay, you can't do it. You don't have enough self-discipline. What can he do? What can he do? What needs to be done right here, right now, today, forever in your life? What do you keep doing that's really not helping you or anybody else? See, thanks be to God. He delivers us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Very truly, Jesus said, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So can Jesus only set me free from my sins? Or can he set me free from those unhealthy addictions and habits and thought processes that I've embraced? Can the Son set you free? Well, he says he can. If you say that he can't, he says he can, I'm going with him. I'm going with him. He says you'll be free indeed. Not just free, like altogether delivered, free indeed. And Galatians says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So I'm going to ask you to pick pick something in your life. If you're honest, your stomach's churning every time this thought, situation, subject comes up. Where in your life today do you need to be delivered? Where in your life today, if you're honest, do you need the power of the resurrected Christ to set you free? I'm going to ask us to stand. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come down front. And tonight is a really good example of a great step of faith, our beach baptism. We're going to be at 5 o'clock, so maybe get there at 4.30-ish, 4.45. And there's no rain in the forecast, no lightning right now. But even if there's a tornado and a snowstorm, we're going to baptize this afternoon in the Gulf of Mexico. And the parking's all paid for. Just tell them you're with Harborside and go through and just find the signs. And, but, but go out and sign up today. Go out and sign up today to be baptized tonight. This is a great time for you to come to our prayer partners. And maybe there's some things on your heart in your life that you're still struggling with. You know what? They're, they're not going to be embarrassed or ashamed of you. They got the same issues as you do. We're all in this together. We got the same problems. And so let them pray for you and pray over you and make a great difference in your life. We come to you, O great King, and we worship you. We let your spirit set us free. May you have your way with us and live your life through us.